Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everyone. It's me, Alex Adams. I'm so incredibly excited to be starting this new journey with you guys. Quick introduction for those of you guys who don't know me and didn't come from my YouTube channel. Like I said, my name's Alex Adams. I have been on social media for about 10 years. Yeah, I was 12 when I started. It was a fun hobby at the time. Now it is a career. So that's out of the way. What else about me? Um, I'm 22, turning 23 next month. I am an Aries. I recently graduated university. I live in Canada. I am a... What am I? I don't know. I have two sisters. I think that's the best bio we're gonna get out of me. Let's get into what this is gonna be all about. And I'm so excited to do this. This has been something that I've been wanting to do for a very, very long time is create a podcast. And I was really thinking about doing it for a long time, but never putting it into action. And I would like daydream about it and be like, oh my God, it would be so fun one day to create something because I'm such a lover of podcasts, so I want to be able to have, you know, my outlet to do what I enjoy hearing on other podcasts, and now I have finally created it and turned it into a reality, so it's pretty fucking cool for me, to be honest, but with that being said, I would like to formally invite all of you guys to the first episode of Between You and Me. Okay, guys, so I think very hard a lot. (laughs) I'm an overthinker, okay? And I spent a lot of time planning out what I wanted to talk about today with you guys. Now, what I actually did before I even announced this podcast was ask you guys on my Instagram and I asked, what would you guys like to hear me talk about? What topics would you be interested in me talking about? What advice would you like me to talk about? And just basically your overall questions, right? A lot, a lot of you guys, like an overwhelming amount of you guys said mental health. Now, I feel like I touch on this a little bit in my YouTube videos. But another reason that I did want to start a podcast is because I feel like on YouTube, I just don't really get the best opportunity to speak about things because YouTube is really entertainment focused. And some people don't want to hear chatta chatta all the time, you know what I mean? And that's what this is for. This is for that long, extensive conversation, talking about different topics, giving you guys advice. So that's what this podcast is going to be all about. I specifically want to talk about topics that you guys are interested in, first of all, obviously. I want to give you guys a little insight into my experience as, you know, a 22-year-old, what I've been through in the past and what I'm currently going through and how I handle certain things. And of course, at the end of it, I want to answer your questions as well. So that's what I'm going to be doing this episode, and I'm very excited to get started. Like I said, mental health was a huge, huge, huge topic that you guys asked me about, 
And personally, I thought maybe in this episode we could focus more on anxiety because that is something that I have experience on, let me tell you. I definitely know to a certain extent what I'm talking about when it comes to this. And I did want to talk to you guys about my experience um, throughout my whole entire life on anxiety and how I handle it now and the things that have changed and what I've learned. So let's get started. First of all, I want to talk to you guys about my childhood and kind of how I handled anxiety because I feel like um, I've pretty much experienced anxiety my whole entire life. The only difference between now and then is that at such a young age, I want to say maybe like seven, eight, I didn't really understand anxiety or know what it was whatsoever. So I didn't have any way to articulate it. I didn't have any way to you know, expressed to my parents at the time, like, how I felt. I think the best way that I could express myself was through crying, which, you know, doesn't really make sense to people when they just see tears. They don't really know what's going on. I specifically remember, um, I used to live in Switzerland when I was seven years old to 14 years old, and during that time period of my life, I definitely feel like that was the initial stages of me really really experiencing a lot of anxiety. I was in third grade and I remember I was not able to function unless my parents waved to me outside of my third grade classroom when they were going back to their cars after they dropped me off. If my parents ever forgot, I would have a full panic attack, I would freak out and I would be so upset. And the worst part of it was my teacher at the time, my third grade teacher, shout out Miss Carter, she was a bitch, okay? She was the worst fucking teacher in the world, and maybe she just didn't like me. Sure, I'll give her that, but when you see a kid that's fucking struggling and, like, really not having a good time and crying and panicking, you try to help them, right? She didn't ever try to help me. Anyways, we're not here to bash Miss Carter. Um, she was just kind of a bitch. But <laughs> anyways, as I was saying... That was a really difficult point because me not really understanding my own emotions at that age, being so young, like I said, literally seven, eight years old, I just thought that I was a little scaredy cat. And I remember spending so much time worrying and worrying and worrying about the idea of me being this scared. And I was so confused about it. I was like, I don't get why I have all this fear inside of me. And at the age of like seven, eight, like I was in grade school already, like I was thinking to myself, why am I like this? Like, all the other kids that are going to class don't need to wave to their parents goodbye, and they're completely fine. Like, they're, they don't feel homesick the second that they walk into the class. Like, they know that at the end of the day, they're going to see their parents again, or whatever it might be. And to me, it just felt like I needed to be around my parents all the time, and I was so afraid of not being around them. Well, obviously looking back at it now, it's different because I know that I just had a really high level of anxiety and no way to cope with it because I didn't understand it. And I felt like being around my parents was safer compared to being with like a bunch of students and my bitchy ass teacher. So that was a very core memory for me. And then moving into my teenage years, um, I definitely feel like after like my third grade, like my anxiety did start to slow down a little bit, but not because I was dealing with it or healing it whatsoever. I think because I was suppressing it so much because I knew that I just didn't want to feel that type of fear. 
I would basically do everything in my power to not feel anxious. So going into my teenage years, I remember I think I was 13, 14 years old, and this is still when I lived in Switzerland. I had a ski trip coming up, which was the talk of the town, okay? Everybody loved the yearly ski trips. They were hosted by the school. Each grade would go on their own ski trip, and it would be a week long, and you would drive up to the mountains, go on a road trip with your friends, and ski. There would be instructors. You would take um, the whole day and go skiing, and at night there would be activities with your friends, and I actually went when I was in fourth grade, and then in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, I think, there was um, a different kind of camp, orientation camp, something like that. I don't remember. I just didn't go back to ski camp after that year. But then I remember in high school, you go back to ski camp. So I knew that ski camp was approaching in January. And I was okay with it at the beginning. I was like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm fine. But as soon as the time frame of ski camp started getting closer and closer, I remember being like, holy shit, okay, I'm freaking out. I'm thinking about being away from my parents for a week, and I'm thinking about the fact that the last time I went skiing, which was when I was in the fourth grade, I hated every second of it. Last time I was in ski camp, I had insane anxiety, even though it was like five years prior to that, I still was imagining the anxiety that I could potentially have if I went to ski camp. So two days before, I tell my dad, I'm like, I can't go to ski camp. I don't feel good. Like, I didn't want to experience that anxiety. And I was almost predicting that it was going to happen, even though I wasn't sure myself. But I was already getting anxious of the feeling of potentially feeling anxious. So I remember telling my dad and being like, okay, I can't go. Um, This is this is not going to work, okay? I, I'm freaking out too much about the idea of going that I just simply shouldn't go because I want to avoid that feeling, right? So it ended up working out like I got a doctor's note or something, like I faked some illness and we got paid back for the ski trip. It wasn't cheap, you know what I mean? So my parents were kind of like confused about why I chose not to go, but it was almost like they just understood, even though I didn't even have the words to explain, like, why I felt the way that I did. So, yeah, that just goes to show that I feel like during those, like, core building years of my life, I definitely was suppressing a feeling of anxiety and avoiding that feeling of anxiety for a really long time because I was so scared of it. And for those of you that have experienced anxiety, whether it's, like, a very low level or sometimes to the point where you're panicking like every single day, you know that that feeling of anxiety that that basically is your brain like sending you incorrect signals, it's putting you in fight or flight mode. So that can be triggered by a thought, an image in your mind, an emotion, words, or it could be triggered by anything. So that thought of me thinking that I was going to get anxiety was enough for me to feel that level of like extreme panic and like fight or flight mode. So I feel like after the time frame of the high school years, I definitely don't think I had a very high level of anxiety after that. Um, I feel like I was almost like so ignorant during those years of my life, like not in a bad way because I was so young, like, this is, what, like, 15 up to, like, 18 years old, like, I didn't really have a lot of self-awareness at that time, um, so I feel like 
when it came to anxiety, I was almost just, you know, continuing to suppress and then also just not really self-aware to the point where I was experiencing anxiety, if that makes sense. I don't know. I just feel like I didn't have a lot of anxiety during those points of my life up until 2020, the year that we all went through the motions of COVID-19. That was when I feel like I had the peak of my experience with anxiety and I will explain that in detail to you guys because it was quite the train wreck for me. So I feel like it was probably like two months into the pandemic at this point. It was around like May of 2020. I just remember driving home one day and sitting in my car and I felt this very strangely familiar fear like creep into my body and I just had this like moment of like intense like sadness like I was driving home like trying to distract myself with a podcast actually and as soon as I turned that podcast off it was like I felt like I was hit with my actual thoughts in the moment and I knew as soon as I felt that feeling again because it had felt like I hadn't felt it in such a long time I knew it was my anxiety again and it scared the fuck out of me like I don't even know the right words to describe the way that I felt like I just was in such a panic like mentally internally and then when your anxiety is so high you feel like your body is kind of reacting to that anxiety too so your heart's beating out of your chest you're sweating you're, it's hard for you to breathe. And I remember that panic setting in for two weeks after that. The second that I woke up in the morning to the second that I fell asleep, I was in like nonstop fight or flight mode for two weeks. And I remember that point in my life so clearly. And it actually is the reason that I started going to therapy because it was such a big portion of time that I was anxious for and that had never happened to me in my life. And I just remember so clearly being afraid of the feeling of anxiety and that was it. That was my biggest issue is that as soon as I felt that little bit of anxiety, I knew that I had no idea how to stop it and I knew that I felt like in the moment I didn't have control over it. So that was the worst part for me. It's like, shit, I don't know how to stop this. And nobody that I talked to, none of my friends, my family, nobody could help me not feel anxious. So I was sitting there trying everything in the fucking book for, for that two-week period, trying everything I possibly could to not feel anxious. And I definitely can look back at that now and see where I went wrong, but we'll get into that. Um, I think I have... 10 different bottles okay maybe not 10 I think I have like five different bottles of like natural stress remedies in my bedside table like still to this day um I've tried ashwagandha um I started buying self-help books I even have this little like flower essence thing that one of my friends recommended to me that's supposed to reduce your stress and obviously none of these things worked because at the end of the day it's a pattern in your brain that's been created it's the fear of fear that is triggering well that was triggering me in that moment right so none of these little supplements was going to help me and none of the breathing techniques that I tried was going to help me and nothing apart from me really understanding my anxiety was going to help me 
And that was like the first step that I had to figure out how to do. But within that two week period, I feel like I was so hyper focused on stopping the feeling of anxiety that I didn't really think about anything else. So yeah, that two week period really sucked. I was suffering a lot and I was having the physical symptoms of having anxiety too. I feel like my anxiety is really, really connected to my eating habits, which sucks because I already don't have the best eating habits. So when I'm anxious, I have absolutely no appetite. It really fucked up my stomach. Um, (laughs) Not to be TMI, but I feel like that's what this podcast is all going to be about is me being a little TMI. But um, I was just, you know, shitting myself. (laughs) I'm kidding. I wasn't shitting myself. But I was literally going to the bathroom nonstop because anxiety just absolutely torments your stomach and your gut. Like I said, there was nothing that was helping. And I feel like the only thing that slowed down my anxiety was the fact that I was getting used to it. Um, It's that I would wake up and I would just be like, oh, okay, here we go again. Eventually, it just felt like it was more in the back of my mind instead of the front of my mind. It wasn't the first thing on my mind all the time because I was like, well, shit, it's been two fucking weeks that I felt like this, like, whatever. Let's just keep it going. You know what I mean? This was two years ago, right? So there's a lot of things that I've learned in that two-year period from what I feel like was the hardest point of my, like, mental health journey was the uh, that two-week span in May. So during that time frame, my anxiety definitely didn't stop. But within those years... I definitely grew a lot within those past two years because of my experience with anxiety and I was able to be a lot more self-aware and like I said, not ignorant anymore to my own emotions and what I was going through, like the way that I was in high school, just like not really worrying about what was going on in like my head and I actually even invested more time than ever like researching about anxiety and learning about it and like I said I started seeing a therapist because of that and it took me a long time when talking to this therapist to actually you know take what she was talking about and helping me with and apply it into my actual life so it was a long long process and I'm I'm talking about it a little bit like it's in the past and it's definitely not in the past it's you know still very much present in my life but I see anxiety very differently um, than how I used to look at it. I feel like I've experienced so many examples of the ways that anxiety can really interfere in your life because I want to say like a good year and a half after. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. That time span, I think anxiety was the most important thing in my life because I made it the most important thing. It was always like self-check-ins, like I wake up in the morning, is my heart racing right now? Um, What could go wrong today? Could I have a panic attack today? You know, things like that would be like the first thing in my mind all the time. It's like my anxiety was sitting in the front seat 
I wasn't even passenger. I was in the trunk. I was literally in the trunk of the car. And my anxiety was driving in circles and taking me wherever the hell it wanted to go. So as a result of that, I genuinely feel like anxiety was running my life. It was running my relationships with everybody in my life. It was running all of my choices on what I would do in my day-to-day life if I wanted to go somewhere, if I had things to do and I didn't feel like I was capable of doing them. Like, anxiety was making the choices for me. I feel like I didn't really explain this before, but I had a huge fear of COVID at the time, which was what I feel like now looking back was a trigger of my anxiety. Um, I was so afraid, which I feel like a lot of us were, during that time frame and maybe even still are. I thought me getting COVID would be the absolute worst thing to ever happen to me in my life and that I would ruin everybody's life around me and the fact that it was just traveling around in the media so much and there was so much fear in everybody's like perception of COVID like from the news, from like Instagram, from TikTok, like everything was talking about COVID how quickly it was spreading, the people that were catching it and in the hospital. It was fucking terrifying for me to learn all these things and to have absolutely no control over anything apart from myself, which made me feel like a fucking control freak. Like, I needed everything to be my way throughout that first year of COVID. Oh my god, it's so weird for me to talk about it now because I was a different person. Like, genuinely, COVID changed me for the worse, but in also the same way, it taught me so much because of how much I changed. So, you know, everything's meant to be, but that's not the point. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, like, I lost myself during that period because of how I let my anxiety control me and how scared I was and how desperately I wanted to be in control, but I couldn't be. Ugh, it was just such a fucking mess, you know what I mean? Like, that period of my life was definitely the lowest for me. It was the darkest period for me, 110%, because I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I was just allowing so much fear to control everything. Like I said, I learned a lot. I did a lot of research, and I grew a lot from that. And I think what got me there was getting a little bit fed up of the way that I was acting and noticing that I was losing parts of myself and that I would have moments where I would sit and like genuinely look at myself in the mirror and be like I don't even fucking recognize this girl so as soon as I started to realize like shit like I'm allowing myself to change in ways that I really really don't like I actually had to sit down and like face my fears which was literally me being scared of being scared you know what I mean like I was so terrified of just being scared that I just started to let the fear control me instead of, like, taking it by the fucking reins and doing something about it. So I feel like after, I'm not gonna lie, like, a good year of my life was finally when I started to take more control and action in terms of my own mental health, which... You know, that's a long time, but it's also, like, it was necessary for me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I would have felt so passionately about changing my mental health if it weren't for how bad it got. Because sometimes you need something to move you. Like, you need to hit your lowest point before you can, like, turn around and actually do something about it. 
because like nobody's gonna tell you to change like even though I was going to therapy all through that whole entire year like I was still suffering for a long time after that I actually was given a workbook from my therapist that I feel like helped me to regain this like new perspective on um anxiety and Basically, I can't, you know, teach you guys everything I learned in the workbook, but the most important thing that I actually grasped from that was the idea that you cannot let anxiety drive you. And it's not about fighting anxiety either. It's about accepting it. And not only accepting it, but being okay with being scared. Being okay with having all this fear and anxiety that you feel like you can't control, you have to be okay with it. Because at the end of the day, every single one of you knows anxiety never goes away. It's not something that's just going to disappear out of your life, especially when you suffered with it for a while. And I actually forgot to mention this, but I was diagnosed with general anxiety disorder. So that just gives you guys context on what I was dealing with. Anyways, like I was saying, there has to be a level of acceptance when it comes to anxiety because you need to be able to be okay and to function while having this extreme panic or even a low level of panic and not trying to get rid of it all the time. Okay, here's an analogy. If you're anxious and you immediately go and sit down and try and meditate or call up a friend that's going to calm you down or take a pill, then you're telling your brain that's sending wrong signals out that it's okay, you're correct. I am in fear right now and I do need you to be sending these signals because I am in danger. But if you choose to instead continue whatever you're doing, like let's say for example, I'm I wake up in the morning and I immediately feel a sense of anxiety, which happens to me a lot. I I'm very much a morning anxiety person. And instead of, you know, grabbing my pill and taking a pill right when I wake up, I get up slowly, I continue doing my morning routine, and I wait out my anxiety, but I just continue doing the same thing that I do every single day. I am teaching my brain that, oh, wait, shit, I don't need to be sending out these wrong signals because I'm not actually in danger. I'm just, you know, my body's acting completely normal. I'm still doing what I need to do. And it's not stopping me. The anxiety is not stopping me from doing exactly what I need to do. It might sound very simple, that like process of like trying to, you know, navigate your anxiety, but then not let it control you and just accepting the way that you feel and continuing on with your day-to-day life. But it's like a very, very difficult thing to grasp because it took me such a long time and I still do that to this day. It's something that has to be practiced and It honestly can kind of be compared to mindfulness and meditation a little bit if you guys know anything about that. It's like the way that you don't allow like a thought to trigger you, but rather you just don't give it any emotion or response and just let it pass through you. That's kind of the same analogy that I can give you guys for anxiety. Just let the anxiety pass through you because at the end of the day, you know that that feeling's not going to last forever. Like, even though I had anxiety, very high anxiety for two weeks, it didn't last forever. That's a long-ass fucking time, but it didn't. So as long as you're continuing your day-to-day activity and allowing these emotions to flow through you and exit you, then you are slowly training yourself to believe that anxiety is not as scary as you make it out to be. But yeah, um, that is definitely something that I want to explain and that I tell everybody that I know in my personal life that's dealing with anxiety that is what I explain to them like 
there's a level of acceptance that is so important when it comes to that. It's like you can't reject the feeling and that's why self-awareness is so important because if you don't even realize that you're anxious you're not going to be able to know how to cope with it that's what happened to me when I was a kid so understanding and acceptance of the way that you feel is like the most important thing and just you know allowing yourself to drive the car this time instead of sitting in the trunk and having your anxiety in your passenger seat like it's okay that it's there but you get to dictate where you're going, not the anxiety. So yeah, that is my story on, you know, my anxiety. And I just feel like it's important to consider all these factors and like understand the way that you work versus the way that I work. Like this is my personal experience and I'm trying to give you guys the best advice that is possible. So at the end of the day, just keep reminding yourself that you are the most important person in your life. So Things like this really do matter. You don't want your mental health to catch up with you when you're 35 or 40 and you might have a family or you might have a husband or wife and now you're dealing with all these things when you could have done it when you were younger and when you had more time and when you had less responsibilities. So I'm glad that it caught up with me when I was 20 years old and not when I was 45. So just remember that if you don't take this time to take care of yourself, it will reflect in other aspects of your life. Like I said, it's going to reflect in your relationships, in your work life, in your home life. Like if you have children, it will reflect in that aspect too and you definitely don't want that to happen. So just continue working on yourself and taking it day by day because there really is no easy fix. Like working on yourself really is a long-term project and you should be happy and excited to work on a long-term project because working on yourself is so so important and I think that everybody should consider that. All right so I wrote down a couple of questions that I think I can answer towards the end. All these questions are like mental health related so I'll go through a few of them. They're also um, all anonymous, by the way. For future reference, if you guys do want to ask any questions, um, you can go to Between You and Me podcast on Instagram and I will post stories or you can DM me on there. And you can include your name if you want me to talk directly to you in the podcast or be anonymous if that's what you're down for. Someone asked what to do when you don't have the strength to do anything but you have a huge to-do list. Oh, girly or boy, I genuinely feel this to my core. They're like, actually, this just happened to me today um, and last night. So (laughs) I just came back from one of my friend's birthday parties over the weekend. And I genuinely, I had the worst anxiety the next day. If you guys don't know what that is, it's like when you have a hangover and you're anxious. So that was me yesterday when I came home and on top of that I knew that I had so much shit to do and I physically couldn't get myself to so it took me about mm, I think I came home at like 2 p.m and I think I got my shit together at 9 so it took me a good seven hours which is okay it's definitely hard because when you feel when you're in those like mental states where either you're anxious or feeling extremely low or just generally have no like mental emotional or physical energy it's really easy to just lay around and do nothing all the time and 
you won't get out of bed and you won't take a shower and you won't brush your teeth. Like, I've been there. And the only thing that, you know, eventually gets me out of that space is really just letting myself go for those few hours or even if it's the day. I let myself sit in all that shit that I feel. I allow myself to feel the lowest of the lowest and I just accept it. The same way that I accepted the anxiety, I just accept the shitty way that I feel because that's how I feel in the moment. And I know that nothing's going to immediately fix that. So I'll just let myself kind of soak, soak it all in, right? And that's why I was sitting there for seven hours because I was also taking a nap. So two of those hours I was sleeping, but I, I just had to feel all the shitty feelings in order for me to just like let them go I feel like and I needed to sit there and kind of overthink the previous night so that I could let that go as well so I sat there for a long time and I kind of started to feel sorry for myself like oh I feel like shit like I probably cried a little bit and then after a while I was like you know what I'm gonna take a shower I'm just gonna take a shower because that's usually step one for me and it was 9 p.m but I did it anyways and then I finally ate some dinner And I got back and I felt a little bit more energy in my body. So I just cleaned my room up a little bit. And then as soon as I started doing these little tiny things that made me feel a little bit more accomplished, it started to make me feel a little bit more energized too. And it was pretty late in the night. So I was being easy on myself. I was like, okay, I'm going to edit this video for 30 minutes and then I'm going to bake some cookies and then I'm going to call it a night after that. Because I knew that that was all I could handle. So even though... I had so many things on my plate to do. I actually had a video that I needed to have posted the next day. I decided that tonight I'm going to take it easy and I set an alarm clock for nine in the morning and I got up the next day, which is today, and I finished the video in the morning because I knew I'd have more energy and that I would be more mentally capable of handling it then and not in that very moment. So it did add more stress for me the next morning, which was unfortunate, but it was better than piling shit on myself when I really wasn't feeling good. So it has to do with just balancing and accepting the way that you feel and not being so hard on yourself because I'm probably the queen of that, of being hard on myself. I'm very, very good at that and it almost comes as first nature, but it's also something that we have to practice to change. That's definitely on my list of things I need to fix and work on. When I just accept the way that things are and then kind of allow myself to feel all the shitty feelings and then move forward in like very baby steps it like, it gives me a little bit motivation and it gives me a little bit of room to gain some energy and work on it in a matter of time. Okay, um, I have another question that says, does therapy work? Um, I can give you guys a little, little quick story time on my therapy. Um, I used a website the first time to find a therapist back in May 2020 and I really liked her. I thought she was cool. She kind of felt like a friend. She felt like a little little friend that I go to every week and um, just chit-chat, talk about my life. And for a while, she definitely was helping me because she was giving me all these tools for me to work on different things that came down to my anxiety, like things like radical acceptance. And she was the one that gave me that workbook that helped me out a lot. But it felt like after a certain amount of time, like I'm still currently in therapy, but with a different therapist. I think I was with her for like a year and a half. And after that, I felt like I was like plateauing with her, if that makes sense. Like I still felt like I had a certain level of anxiety and like issues that she wasn't helping with anymore. So I had to let her go, which was okay. I was a little sad about it because I was like, am I betraying her? Like, 
But then I started talking to a new therapist and she's amazing. I love her. And she definitely has a very, very different way and approach of working with me. Like she asks me a lot more questions. We started talking about my childhood. Like she really goes into depth with it when my other therapist was more structured in a way where she would give me solutions like different um workbooks or different websites or things to research or things to like she would literally give me homework and shit like that i guess my answer to that is i do believe therapy does work especially for me like i don't think i would have gotten to the point that i am at right now as quickly as i did if it weren't for therapy so personally i say absolutely yes but it is a matter of choosing the right therapist for you So definitely if you're not feeling confident with your current therapist, go and look for another one because there's literally no time or money to waste. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like therapy is expensive. Okay guys, um, I think we're gonna call it. I just answered two questions this time around, um, but I don't want this episode to be too long. I don't really know how long I should make my episodes, but I feel like around like 40 minutes should be okay. I don't want to bore you guys, but I want to thank all of you guys for listening to my very first episode of Between You and Me. I'm so excited to be doing this. I'm so happy that I'm here. Like, I, I'm just ecstatic, but keep in mind that for future reference, we're gonna have a bunch of other different topics. It's not always gonna be mental health related. We can talk about anything that you guys wanna talk about, so don't forget to keep updated with me on my Instagram, underscore hey, it's Alex, underscore XO, and then, of course, the podcast Instagram, which is between you and me podcast. So I will see you guys on those socials. Until next time, I love you guys and have a great day. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.